Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're here with another episode of Straight to DVD. Raph, hello. How are you doing? What's up, dude? I'm good, man. Besides Syracuse basketball. I'm sorry to hear about that. Out. Well, that, that ethereal voice you just heard. Wow. We're joined by a dear compatriot yeah. of the show. He's been here before. He'll Com- be here again. Compatriot. Indeed. That's that's more applicable. Invited or not. I'll uh, be here. Against our will. He's ha- he's hacked into our <laughs> into our live stream. <laughs> so we can take part. How did he get here? In the most recent discussion um, of Matt Reeves is the Batman. We are joined by the man himself. No banana suits. Hello, hello. Welcome Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. So yes, we're here to talk about Matt Reeves is the Batman. That's what I got. So <laughs> oh, I feel like usually you have more of an intro. Oh, well, uh, so it is a movie that was produced. It's being shown in movie theaters all around the world. We all saw it. We're here to talk about it. Dude, that was that was a great – that was the intro we needed. Was that better? I feel like now we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Let's party, brother. What's yeah. up, banana man, banana suit? Yeah, it's going on. At no banana suits. At no banana suits. Save the, save the plug for the end. Okay. Oh, sorry. He's telling us how to do our show. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I plugged up front, I got yelled at. That's true. I think yeah, that's right. that, was our, that was our two hour. What episode was that? Matrix? Yeah, like our two and a half hour Matrix episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How not, long is this one going to be? We'll see. I got to go by. As, as, as long as the movie. Oh, so God. here's the thing is we put out the bat signal to, to the movie crew. That's true. And no one responded. We got no bat bat calls on the bat phone. Everyone cool. I, I'm like, more of a cat woman. You are more of That's a cat true. woman. That's true. Yeah. You hear it in your voice. You yeah. sound like a cat woman. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're specifically invited here today because nobody knows more about Batman than you do, Banana Man. You are the Batman man. It's true. I, I think I think there's probably some people that know a lot more. You don't know that. Are you talking? I about haven't like, read Hush. I haven't read Hush. Raph, Raph read Hush. I have read Hush. I also read Year One before this. Between the three of us, mm. nobody knows more about Batman than anyone else. Sounds like Raph's catching up. Catching up to who? Yeah. Are we talking yeah. about worldwide Batman uh, knowledge, or just like within our circle? Is that is that Pitbull as Batman, Mister Worldwide? <laughs> Are we ever going to talk about this movie? No, of course not. Um, I would like to see a Batman, a Batman movie that stars Pitbull as Bruce Wayne <laughs> slash Batman. Pitman. Pitman. All right. Bat Batbull. <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> so this this latest he, he fell into a radioactive pit with a bull in it. <laughs> What yeah? What would what would his costume be if it was Pitbull Man? I think it would just be like the tight just, suits that he wears anyway. Yeah, yeah. but he, he puts he puts on his sunglasses and no one when, recognizes when, him. When young Pitbull fell down a well on the Wayne Estate, there were a bunch of Pitbulls down there yeah. that scared him. I, for some reason, I pictured like him with the suit and the glasses, but he he just had the one Superman curl when he's like on his bald head on his bald head. 
Yeah, I can dig that. So that's our Pitbull fan cast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where are we going with that? It sounds like we could pitch that in somewhere. Yeah, for sure. I think that joke is dead now. Pitbull would go for it. It is announced. There's, there's, there's nowhere else where we can take that. So this is, this is what incarnation of Batman is this over the past fifteen years? This is what the fifth, sixth. Are we talking just live action? Third, right? Well, okay, so we've had the Nolans. We're talking just live action Batman. Sure, I guess just live action because there's there's cart there's various cartoon Batmans as well. That's true. We've had uh, the, the the Chris Nolans, the Zack Schneiders, and now we got the Matt Reeves. Are you kidding me? We got you're you're forgetting about Tim Burton. I meant in the past fifteen years. Oh, I thought you we were talking about just all oh, live no, action all, Batman's. of all because, time. Yeah, you got the Birdskis. Yeah, Mike, we've got Mike, Mikey Keats. We've got Adam uh, Driver. Driver's <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why am I forgetting West? Adam West. We've got yeah. West, uh, Keaton, and Burton. Yes, we have Clooney. We have the Joel Schumacher Batman verse. Did, did Clooney first. and Keaton play the same? No, so Clooney and Val Kilmer. Play yeah. the same Batman. The same Batman within the Joel Schumacher with Batman the, verse with, with the, the same, same Robin and Alfred. Yeah, and the same Alfred. Yes. Yeah. And then Clooney was Burton. I, we, we literally <laughs> just went over this. Like, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm rebuying year one right now. Actually, uh, while we're while we're buying it, I'll, I'll I'll just send you the copy that I downloaded illegally from the internet. Are you shopping while we're recording this episode? <laughs> I like to support my my local Batman. He's a billionaire. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> okay. So, like it's, I was like I was saying yes. before, you were rudely <laughs> distracted <laughs> by buying. You you hack into our show. You tell us how to do it, and then you just don't. You don't even pay attention. When, when what's we next? Seriously, what's up with this guy? So Clooney and yes. Kilmer are the same Batman yes. within the Joel Schumacher Batman verse. Same Alfred, same Robin. And then from there, we get Nolan's Batman. And get this. He did a darker, grittier take on the character, which mm. is super cool mm-hmm. and original. And then you get the, the Schneiderverse yes. uh, Batman, Batfleck. Yes. And now we're on Batson. And Battinson is the seventh of all the live-action Batmans. Yeah. He's number seven. We'll get into Batman rankings later. Yes. So this is – so we did an episode on the trailer for this movie many moons ago when we first saw it because we were like, this is the greatest trailer we had ever seen. It might still be the best – one of the best movie trailers I've ever seen. It's a fantastic trailer. The song in the trailer is used twice throughout the film. <laughs> Uh, which is fine. It's the only non-score sound that's used. <laughs> that's true. In the movie. Is it really? I think so. I don't think there is any other music that's not score. They, it's wild. It's um, this is unrelated to the score. But talking about the sound of the film, I, I I I'm not making fun of it, although it is kind of funny. But I did enjoy it. Every time he walks, like he like the ground shakes. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. This. <laughs> His his boots are my favorite part of his yeah. design. Yeah, I love the the sound that they make when he walks into a room. It's it's amazing. It's such a it's not even a subtle choice, but it's like a little detail like that that like takes a movie like yes. it goes a long way in how you're going to enjoy a movie. Um, but but we digress. Yes, but that is and tell me if you gentlemen agree. 
Um, the first time we see him on screen, so the movie opens, you know, we get, uh, maybe you can clear this up for me because maybe I was distracted by the 15 teenagers that were talking throughout the first half of the film. But the, the All right, time out. Yes. Before we get any further in, in, into the movie, I feel like you got to you got to give the anecdote about, so you both, about this you, experience. You both know about this, but I'll repeat it for all you bat fans at home. Um, I went to this little hole in the wall theater uh, to see the film this afternoon, and little did I know it's spring break, <laughs> so most children are out of school. So I'm sitting there a couple of minutes before the movie, hoping, hoping, hoping <laughs> that it doesn't fill up. And like 50 people all of a sudden come in. And a lot of them are kids, but many are accompanied by adults. And then this squad of like 15 teenagers comes in, like 18-year-olds. And they sit to my left. And they are talking the whole fucking movie. They're talking. They're laughing. They're throwing food at each other. Who the fuck throws Twizzlers at each other in the middle of a movie? So It's like this, $20 Twizzlers. Yeah, it's I'm waste. saying. It is a waste. They're talking the first hour of the movie. People are like shushing them a little bit. All of a sudden, they're like laughing and talking and throwing Twizzlers during like a big emotional scene where Bruce looks onto this newly orphaned boy and like sees himself in this young <laughs> child. And they're laughing. And I stand up, I turn to them, and I say, Can you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> and then people in the audience start Holy laughing. Shit. And then I sit back down and they're still laughing. And then I stood up again and I said, It's not funny. I will have someone throw you out of this theater. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, Karen. Yes, I did. I went full Karen. Do you say bat Karen? Baron? <laughs> I'm Karen. I was dude, I was so I was so pissed. I've Where never supposed to be. I've never had that come over me before. I'm Karen. <laughs> That's way funnier than the pit bull joke. Let's run this one into the ground. <laughs> Holy shit. So anyways. <laughs> so, who are you supposed to be? <laughs> that scene at the beginning where we're looking through the goggles at a little boy in red, like pretending to kill his dad. Who was that? That was... Was that the mayor and his son that gets orphaned? Yeah. That was the mayor. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure because I had fucking yap, 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 Twizzlers flying past my fucking face while I'm trying to watch it. So anyways, we we come to... We have that little scene, and then we have the Riddler set up where he kills the mayor. And then we get the first proper scene of, of Batman. We don't even see Bruce first. We see Batman first, which I think is very intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and I already knew off the bat, I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of, his characterization, this is going to be special. And I could pick up on that just based on his movements. And I thought this is where Pattinson did a great job. He like was, he so took his time every time he moved, turned around, walked. He was like the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, it, it felt like that sentence was gonna keep was gonna keep going. Um, but yeah, no, no, no bananas. I'll, I'll let you go first. No, I I agree with that. I think <clears throat> it was cool. They like, I think the biggest differentiator for me with this Batman and like the other Batman that we've seen is that like they really Matt Reeves was able to like take this Batman and like integrate him into like Gotham to the point where like got like Gotham and Batman were like like he was almost like Gotham's heart. And, like, every, like, shadowy corner, like, that's the Batman. Every, like, scared criminal, like, that's the Batman. Like, the fear that, like, ran through the city, like, that is the Batman. Like, um, so it's, like, he walks out of that shadow in the first, the first time that you see him. But it's, like, the introduction is, like, more through the fear and the shadows. It was really cool. 
Um, I think that was like the biggest differentiator to me. Um, you you don't, what are you saying? No, go, go ahead. I was going to say like, you don't need like, I don't know, like the introduction was, it wasn't like, here's the Batman, here's Bruce. It was like, here's the shadows, here's the streets, here's the fear. That is the Batman. That's your introduction to the Batman, which I thought was like really, really cool. You know, I was just going to say the, uh, like the line that he's the voiceover that he's giving when he walks out of the shadow is I am the shadow or, or something along those lines. It's like Bane and dark Knight rises. But even before we actually see the Batman, the first thing he's giving that voiceover while it's the, the bat signal in the sky. And like, that's a pretty cool way to introduce Batman too. like, even before we get Bruce Wayne, even before we get Batman himself, it's the bat signal and what the bat signal like literally means to the sort of crime underbelly of Gotham city. And then we see Batman and his loud ass boots and he kicks ass. And then after that, we see him on his motorcycle listening to Nirvana, which is like, (laughs) I, I don't even know if that's an introduction to Bruce Wayne. Like I feel like he's still Batman at that point when he's riding the motorcycle. Um, after, after kicking those like jugglos asses. Um, (laughs) But the, um, I don't even know where where, where I'm going with this, but it does feel like this is very much so a Batman movie. And uh, there's the Bruce Wayne that is included in this feels way more intentional than Bruce Wayne's inclusion in any other Batman movie. Like Bruce Wayne in the other Batman movies is just filler to get to the next Batman scene. Whereas here, the Bruce Wayne scenes are scenes for Bruce Wayne to actually have like some sort of characterization, some sort of um, emotional journey that he's going on. And when we switch over to those, it's so that we can you know take that next step. And it's all related to, and it's fluid with, and it's connected to uh, you know his journey as Batman, which is super cool. Fantastic. I agree with you both. What you're talking about with with um, the setup of him being fearful ties heavily into the arc of the character and some of the final moments of the film and how he changes. I don't. We'll we'll get into it when we start talking about the end of the film. But how he changes from a symbol of fear to a symbol of hope. Yeah, and that is his character arc. And as a result of realizing that, Bruce Wayne's humanity is regained, mm-hmm. and now he's Bruce Wayne again. He's there is no Bruce Wayne for the majority of this film. Well, I think there is a Bruce Wayne, but it's not. And I think this is something we talked about actually before the movie came out. No bananas. I think this is something you brought up is that uh, like the Bruce Wayne that we know, the billionaire playboy persona is like it's just that it's a it's a persona. It's something that Bruce Wayne has to has to you know show. It's another mask that he has <laughs> to wear in order to protect his work as Batman and sort of this movie. Um, we don't have that version of Bruce Wayne, but what we do have is like a, a young man who's still like terrified and tormented by the death of his parents. And he's dealing with that. And like, that is a much more relatable character arc than just a dude who's a billionaire who drives, you know, cool cars and and sleeps with a bunch of models. Absolutely. That person has to like, that's not inherently who Bruce Wayne is. He had to get there. And it might, it, it wasn't in this movie. It might be in a future, the Batman movie, but um, like we might see the progression of, of how that persona 
comes to be. And, and what's interesting about that is that in the same way that Bruce is disinterested in his life as Bruce Wayne, the billionaire, so too is the movie. There's a mm. scene talking about having to talk to accountants. It doesn't bother to show us that scene because no. who gives a shit? We don't see him in his giant mansion really no. at all. Uh, we don't see him except for like one scene where he rolls up to the courthouse. He's like not driving fancy cars. He's in ragged clothes on a yeah. shitty put together motorcycle uh, listening to Nirvana. Yeah. As, as <laughs> or he's, he's in a plain black suit or he's in an oversized baggy black t-shirt with like weird sunglasses on right. and it looks like he's hung over. Like it's, the, the like I want to say the design of Bruce Wayne in this movie is like to me almost better than the design of Batman. Like mm-hmm. I think the the way that Matt Reeves handles the Bruce Wayne element of this character is probably the most interesting uh, version of Bruce Wayne that we've seen in like a Batman movie. He, he's a depressed man. He's a depressed young he man. He doesn't smile once throughout the entire film. Not he's once. he's awkward when he shows up to uh to the club as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I think and bananas out we'll we'll, we'll yes. ask you how you feel you about chime this. Chime in, in a moment. But, but I think um it's really interesting the two scenes where where Robert Pattinson's characters show up to that club. There's the one version where he's Batman. And he walks in with this insane amount of swagger, like he owns the place and he can do whatever the bleep he wants. And then there's the version where he walks in as Bruce Wayne and he's timid and shy and quiet and unsure of himself. He doesn't know how to you know, carry himself within this place that he's literally walked through and, and kicked everyone's ass in. Um, I think like just the juxtaposition of those two things is very deliberate and like very cool within for us to see in a Batman movie. It's a, it's a sort of new thing. So what's the you bananas? I I agree. Um, I think the one thing, I think one of the takeaways I actually have, which might be a little bit opposite of what you're saying in, in one sense is that, um, well, maybe not that opposite, but I, I actually didn't think that Pattinson's Bruce and Christian Bale's Bruce were worlds apart. Um, Hmm. like you do. Obviously we see the playboy and stuff, but I don't really even mean just like the persona that that Bruce has to put on. <clears throat> I mean more so in like the biggest takeaway that I took from Pattinson's Bruce was that he like cared more about what he was doing or what he thought he was doing more than himself, um, more than his, like his own well being and pretty much almost anybody's well being. Um, and I thought that that was also a big takeaway that I took from Christian Bale's Bruce. Um, <clears throat> and I do think we'll see the development of that persona, that Playboy persona. Um, but I liked how he was handled here, and I like that we are. I like how we're at like a a starting point that's that's like very different than Batman Begins. It's it's much rawer. It feels like uh, the more I thought about <laughs> the more I thought about Year One, the more I thought about Year One, the more I thought like. The more I felt like this actually felt a lot like a Frank uh, Miller graphic novel on screen. And then I was thinking, like, if if anyone was going to do a self-serious take of uh, Sin City, like, wouldn't you want it to be Matt Reeves? Because that's kind of what this, like, felt like almost. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that 
what you're describing comes across very clearly and not only clearly, but done in an exceptionally well way. The variety and not just variety, but specificity to what is being shown to us when things are happening is phenomenal. Uh, I'm thinking about that car chase where he's chasing um, the penguin on the highway where there's all this wreckage and carnage and just how the variety and angles of cars that were being shown, like a lot of the time these characters, like it's raining, they can't really see what's going on. There's chaos happening around them. There's no like cool, sleek shots, like action shots. It's just very gritty. Like we're in the car. I can't see anything. Or the camera's like hanging off the back left of the car. Yeah. It's just, it's 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 very specific sort of ideas and lenses that Reeves did for something like that. And I think he also does it in a lot of the rest of the film too. But that in particular really stood out to me. And that, you know, whatever your takeaway is from that, I, I, I just think it's great because it is an opinion on what's being shown. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it flows so well. It's exciting. And it's, it doesn't feel gritty for the sake of being gritty. It's, it's almost like it makes you think, oh, if I were to rewatch a chase scene in an older Batman film, it's just like, oh, it's very uh, spectacular as opposed to like, this is just mayhem. It's like, it's kind of clunky, the chase scene. Yes. Which is like, also how this Batman operates. Yes. He's not smooth. He's not slick. Like I was thinking about some of the fight scenes that you do see him in. Um, like, especially when he's in the club, he, he kind of, he gets knocked around a little bit, which is not something that we're used to seeing. It's kind of like the, uh, like the ghost faced effect in scream where, you know, the fact that he gets, he gets knocked around a little bit and isn't just like the supernatural sort of being that, that's like a force um, for anyone that stands in his way. You know, this Batman's kind of, he's kind of awkward. He's kind of clunky. He doesn't have his shit totally together. His, his Batmobile is like kind of janky. Like there's nothing. It's not bulletproof. <laughs> his armor is bulletproof though. No, right? Yeah. His armor is bulletproof. He, yeah, he, he, he ate a double barreled shotgun chest or shotgun That's blast right. to the chest. Why does anyone just shoot him in the face? Uh, Cause they have bad aim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's also that I, I do want to throw a grenade at him. I do want to push back on one thing that you said, like the idea of this movie not being cool. Cause I feel like at face value, it's not cool. It's very dark. It's very noir. It's very gritty. It's kind of a thriller. And like, there's not like, it doesn't have like, it's obviously not Joel Schumacher, like, like campy sort of cool, but it's also not like the Christopher Nolan, very like, clean crisp action set pieces kind of kind of cool but like that car chase scene does end with an upside down shot of batman walking in slow-mo with the fire behind him while while his cape blows in the wind with like rain falling like i think there there are like slight moments where matt reeves is kind of like winking to us like hey guys i know that this is still a comic book movie and it needs to be like pretty over the top and pretty like fun and we can do cool things even while doing the gritty, grounded, realistic version of this character. Absolutely. I think it's still got immense style. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't, I don't think it, it, it bundles itself or markets itself as like being suave in any way, you know, that any, yeah. any inherent, uh, coolness to it is as a result of how committed it is to its style. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like a lot of the parts where it's like, it's, I kind of like understand like what, what you're saying where like, like it's, 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 it's hard to describe. It's like not cool, but because it's not cool, like it is cool. And I think when I think of like in that sense, I think of a lot of like the night, like the really overstuffed, um, overproduced 90s superhero movies, like all the Batman ones in like the mid nineties, um, we're like, even though they're hot garbage, like there's still like, you still have like a weird fondness for like, especially some of like the certain scenes, like, like you, like that Mr. Freeze scene is like so re- over, insanely over the top, right? It's like, yeah. it's not cool, but like it is. Yeah. Um, And I think like he kind of, I thought he took like some of like the, those parts of 90s superhero movies and like put them in here. But like. But like very intentionally to the point where like they just were cool, like you're saying like like the the car chase like is kind of clunky. It felt like kind of nineties clunky, yeah. But like, but it was like it was so cool. It's, it was like it, a, he flipped it on its head. It's a weird balance that Reeves strikes between like. To me, it feels like and I, I don't think we've had like anything sort of like this in terms of Batman movies probably since the the Burton ones. Because, like, the Burton ones are pretty – it's also, like, a dark look at Batman. But it's also, like, sleek and fun and, like, Prince did the soundtrack. And then, like, the Schumacher ones are too, just, like, camp to the max. But then we get the Nolan ones and it's all, you know, it's dark and it's – this is this is what Batman would be like in real life. And this one is also, you know, this is what Batman would be like in real life because he's just a detective guy. But also, this is a movie that's based on a fucking comic book. So, like – shit has to be kind of weird and like you can't just do an all the way serious version of this character because then it doesn't make sense like there has to be there there have to be some elements of it that are that are like silly and cheesy and like kind of kind of schlocky um and I, i don't know it's weird i don't know like how intentional it was but like in this version it feels like we're kind of getting the best of both worlds I think something that was very interesting about it is there was not a single joke in the film. I don't think I laughed once. Oh, I disagree. When did you laugh? Gotham Square Garden. Oh. (laughs) That was ridiculous. That wasn't funny. That was ridiculous. Like, that has to be a joke. I guess... I mean, like, I mean, like any any like wink winks. I guess when Colin Farrell is just like, "Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart." I like chuckle. There was definitely. I mean, I saw it. I saw it like over a week ago now, so I can't remember. But I feel like I definitely remember there being like one or two actual jokes. I guess maybe when Gordon is just like, "You could have pulled that punch, man." He's like, I "Yeah, that's a did. joke." I guess that's a joke. I love every oh, time no. Jeffrey. He's every like, time Jeffrey Wright. So go saying? for it. I was saying every time Jeffrey Wright said "man," <laughs> I laughed. Yes, thank it was you. Great. It was awesome. No, it wasn't. Wait. <laughs> oh, I thought it was great. I thought he was fantastic. No, it's so over. It's so over. Like chummy, chummy, buddy, buddy. But I thought that was like the the stick. 
I mean, maybe once or twice, every fucking scene that Gordon has with Batman. Yeah. He's just like, I don't even know who you are under there, man. Just like, you could have pulled your punch, man. He's just like, so what are we go- where are we going now, man? Oh. I'm just like, oh my you're like, God. You're like, listen, man, this is not the way to play it. She says, he literally says, says the word man, man a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't bother, it bothered me. I didn't pick really? up on that. It bothered I, I me. Thought I, it was, I just thought it was funny. I agree with Banana Suit. Like, I think that this movie is is more wink, wink funny than than it, like, initially presents itself. I think it, it has, like, sort of a facade of this is a super serious Batman movie. But I think underneath it is, like, a really silly movie. And I think, like, the man is, like, part of the shtick. I certainly – and this is what really drove it home for me. I, I – no one can convince me otherwise that Gotham Square Garden is anything other than a joke because that is hilarious. And they show it like eight times in the movie before the final, like the final act where or the climax or whatever, like Gotham Square Garden. I mean, it is. And we're going to, and we're going to take that seriously. I mean, like they, there is a shot. It is. This is a Gotham city that's based on New York. Like we see Times Square, like a, yeah. a raggedy, like neon think- Times Square. Gotham always kind of like teeters the line on being mostly New York, and I think in this one they were just like, it's, it's New York. It's just New York. Yeah, I don't know. It still it feels dirtier than New York. Um, yeah, I think it, it the the movie felt like as much as I was saying it kind of dipped into that '90s territory with certain things like the silliness. I think it also dipped into like a very intentional '70s aura as well, like a '70s New York that just was in 2022. Yeah. It, I feel, I'm I'm just gonna say it now. I feel like the better comparison for this movie, in terms of like, um, what the movies were going for and what they're able to achieve, I think a better comp for this than like The Dark Knight, which feels like the obvious one. Um, the better comp is Joker. Like I feel like they're also like Joker's is another Batman movie that does the the serious take on on Gotham City. Um. But this one, it, it does the same sort of like dirty '70s vibe of New York, um, and it it just it, it actually makes Gotham feel like an actual character and a, a place that's actually lived in. Like we understand why Gotham is the way that it is, why the people in Gotham are doing the things that they're doing for the various different reasons. It's not just like a silly backdrop for our characters to exist in and say their lines, in. right? Speaking of, um, is this the first theatrical cut of a Batman film where an F-bomb is dropped? I think it is. A what bomb? An F-bomb. What about Joker? That's you get not, what you fucking deserve. That is not a, that is not a Batman movie. That's a, a Todd Phillips movie. <laughs> the Hangover 4. Yeah. This, movie's a lot, this movie's a lot better than Joker. Oh, yeah. Without question. Um, yeah, the, 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 one of the cops at the beginning, the one who has the rats, this is okay. And here's the thing. This is going to connect a little bit, uh, banana man to you mentioning a couple of days ago, how you wish it was rated R. This movie needed yeah, to be rated R It for, did for sure. Um, I think it, I think it, I personally think it honestly suffered quite a bit from it not being R. I still enjoyed it, but I thought that was, I thought it could have been much better if it, uh, I, if it was R. I, yeah. Cause I feel like. They like hint, hint at the grotesque things that the Riddler's yes, doing. Yes, exactly. We don't, we don't really see it. It's just like, oh, he's in a contraption where some rats are gonna crawl, claw, claw his, his face eyes off. out. 
Yeah, or his face off yeah. or whatever. Um, not that we need to see that, but it's just like you sick fuck. If if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna imply that that's happening, and yeah. then like have his body there, and then like show pictures of him, and then like look at these weird saw like contraptions, just like just like it, go the whole. If you're if if your intention is for this to be realistic, to be a realistic Batman, then let's really see it. Aside he's, from an he's brutally fuck. murdering these people. Yeah, he's that's brutally right. brutally murdering these people, and then it's like. The movie's kind of like dancing around that the whole time. Uh, I didn't and mind I, it. Really? I didn't mind it. I think it would have been way. I, I think yeah, it would have yeah, been spectacular been, if. It would have added to it. It would have made it better. Um, yeah, I, think it, I don't think it needed it. But <laughs> I, I don't have like a strong <laughs> argument sure, for why sure. it shouldn't. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Like I, I, think it's, I think it's perfectly fine that the way that it is. Um, I could see like why. Okay, I'm gonna make the argument. I could see why Matt Reeves <laughs> maybe didn't want to just have it be rated R. Like, if you if you do make a movie rated R, there's there's the possibility that you fall into the trap of just including like f bombs and grotesque violence just for the sake of it, where it doesn't necessarily contribute to the story. And I think that this story and this movie like exists within. Um, within like the the limits that it wants to be in perfectly fine without any of that extra like f-bombs or, or yeah and i, I don't think that's like, what stuff can be distracting maybe yeah um, so i could see why he didn't do it yeah and i don't think that's like i don't think i'm saying it needed more f-bombs or even more gore it's just like boobs dude chill uh <laughs> <laughs> you want to see uh, some some batons and ding dong I, Dude, where was the taste for that, that? That was a big miss. <laughs> I need my I need my NC seventeen Batman. I needed it yesterday. I needed it last <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, no, like I don't know. It's honest. It's honestly a question I don't know how to answer. Not the dong thing, just the R thing. Because like, what if you the the movie kept dancing around like the ding dongs, ding dongs, <laughs> ding dong, <laughs> fuck your life. Batman. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> huh? What, what man? Great, bro. <laughs> what man? Huh? What was that? Oh. 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 Yeah, the movie kept dancing around. Like, maybe it's because I saw these comparisons before I saw the movie, but everyone kept comparing it to like Seven and like other things of that nature. I can't remember the other specific comparison. But like I thought it like kept dancing around that like it kept it had like overtures of seven, but it just like never quite hit the note. And it was like I don't and then I was thinking to myself, like, okay, like what makes seven so good, right? Because it's like this movie doesn't necessarily need more F bombs or more gore. But like, what do you do to like fully lean into that grittiness or that like darkness of a movie like seven if that's kind of what you're trying to lean towards i feel like it never leaned fully into that and i thought that's what it was trying to like kind of market itself as um and i'm not saying just being r fixes that but i don't i actually don't know what does it's like I'm, i'm asking kind of like a genuine question i think i think the reason the movie doesn't feel like it does lean fully into that is because I don't think that the movie cares to do it. Because I think that 
I think that's that what's going on with the Riddler is kind of secondary to what the movie's even really about. Um, I think, I think, re, I, I think that, that the Riddler's just ancillary in terms of helping set up what's going to happen. But I think the real villain of the film is Carmine Falcone, um, not the Riddler, certainly not the Penguin. Um, who will be back and have his own spinoff show because Colin Farrell loves that makeup so much. Um, I think really what it's about is it, it's about why Bruce is doing what he's doing. It's about how he idolizes himself as someone who can clean up the act when the truth is where he comes from is not pristine in and of itself. Um, and so I think it's about him just coming to terms with that and just realizing how, how fucked everything is around him and how be, the, the symbol he is at first is not the symbol that ultimately the people he's trying to save needs which is what we were talking about before. You say the people he's trying to save, and I think at the beginning of the movie, he's not trying to save anyone. Bruce is, at the beginning of the movie, Batman and Bruce are, they're a selfish as hell character. He's doing this for, for his own reasons. He doesn't give a shit about helping anyone else in Gotham City. It's why crime rates are up. It's why murders are up. That's why they tell us all that stuff in the beginning of the movie. Like, it's not just, oh, Batman is here, but also this stuff is happening. Like, how could that be? It's because Batman doesn't give a shit about the crime numbers. Batman only cares about helping Batman. And Batman (laughs) needs to get to a point at the end end of the movie where he actually does care about helping, like, the greater Gotham City around him. He goes from beating up criminals to saving people. Yeah. That is the arc of the character. It's very deliberate. But I also think it's kind of like, I think it's a bigger commentary on like the Batman character as a whole. Mm -hmm. Because Batman is this billionaire who parades around town in like tidy whities and armor <laughs> and he beats up poor criminals because they're criminals as opposed to, Hey, you're a billionaire. Why don't you like fucking just like throw your money at problems that will actually fix the system that caused people to do things like this. And at the end of the movie, like he ends up having to go against the actual system. And he ends up having to be like a symbol of hope for what people, um, you know, can, can, can kind of aspire to, um, but he also has to realize that he's part of that system too, and he needs to change within himself if he wants to change like the external Gotham City around him. Very well said. Thanks. All right, cut it here. Banana. <laughs> We're done. Banana, what you got? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think there's a part of me that actually wishes that this was like the second movie of the three. Um or at least parts of it, because I, I love that realization, like everything you just said, like I thought that was actually a weird, like, I don't know, like not a twist, but like kind of a twist, just like his own like realization. Like when the guy says like, I'm vengeance, like I thought that was like such a little 
like it, it was such a nice nod where you're like, oh, he's fucking the city up more than he's helping it. Um, yeah, and he it recontextualizes it. like our idea of of right. that. Yeah, exactly. And that 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 admit that like um that moment where he has the uh, his moment moment of realization where he comes to and he realizes he has to change how he's operating or even just who he is as a person if he wants to keep doing this and like if he's actually interested in helping his city because he's just doing the opposite. So like I think that was a cool little like quote unquote twist, but like um I I I don't know like part of, part of me kind of wished this was like the second movie of the three. Only because I think there were some parts in the movie where it really relied on you having like a pre-existing knowledge of Batman, his relationships with people in the Gotham lore um, or within like his own, like his immediate, like Alfred. Um, People know Batman. Okay. But like, yeah, people know Batman for sure. But like (laughs) people know who Batman is, but like, it kind of made me realize how important Batman Begins is as a movie to to that trilogy. Um, uh, I, you go, I think we're doing something different, though. Yeah, you are doing something different, but I thought this movie lacked a good bit of context when it comes to like the people who Batman was interacting with in his life. But then, isn't the flip side to that like if if this movie did contextualize, there would probably be a lot of backlash of like. Do we have to see the pearls hit the gutter again? You know, yeah. like it's it's kind of like a that, it's kind of like a lose lose situation. So like I, I get why we just assume people know Batman. Yeah, uh, but like I think it I think the movie suffered a little bit, not that far, not that much context. But like I honestly didn't really nothing I really didn't feel much when Alfred went boom. Right? Like um and I think I don't know if you're supposed to or not. I think that's just because Andy Serkis is a bad actor. <laughs> you can stick to directing. <laughs> yeah, I need Venom Three. I, I think, I think, and, and Banana. This is I was texting with you about this a little bit. I think in terms of the foundation for Wayne slash Batman, it's all there. Um, the movie certainly operates under the assumption that you know about the character and the character's history. Like there's, there's a reason why we see so many dialogueless scenes of him looking at orphan children. It's just like, Oh, I wonder what the fuck he's thinking about in this scene. Um, but regarding the Alfred thing, I think, I think we're missing one scene towards the end that, culminates in whatever arc they were trying to set up with the, oh, he's a father, but not a father figure. It's almost like if you're going to put him in that little of the movie, don't put him in the movie at all. Um, Yeah. And if you're going to, then like the last scene of him, the last scene being him in a hospital bed after being blown up and he's supposed to mean so much to Bruce. And then we never see them interact again does feel a little strange. I think uh, a lot of what what you say. You're not my dad. That that there's literally a line in this movie where where Bruce Wayne says to Alfred, "You're not my dad." Again, this movie isn't as serious as as it presents itself. Like you don't write that line, "You're not my dad." Well, without like 
without it maybe, being without the movie like sort of without being, Andy Circus directing it. Maybe that's maybe that's why I had one of the few issues I had with it was that there was there some of the dialogue did feel clunky. That being a specific moment, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright constantly saying "man" uh, being another moment. Uh, Battenson being uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright being like that. Damn, this whole city's a powder keg. Yeah. And then Battenson is just like and the Riddlers in the match. <laughs> That felt like a seventies like cop movie to me. Like I thought that was yeah, just hilarious. I guess, I guess that's true, but it's kind of sticky at, at times, and it's supposed to be like. I think it's funny that he only listens to Nirvana while riding around on his motorcycle while it's raining. Like that's yeah. to me is. But is wait is that's he hilarious? Is he listening to Nirvana? Yeah, that, I was wondering about that too. Is that presumed? In my head, he is listening to Nirvana. <laughs> no, I don't think on, he is. On Does the suicide <laughs> of Kurt Cobain exist in this? universe because if it does then throw everything out the window that i said earlier about it not being dark and gritty enough this had everything kurt, kurt cobain lived in gotham city and was killed by salvatore Moroni. <laughs> they, they were best friends go, growing up yes <laughs> i mean but it's kind of like a, it's kind of gotham is kind of seattle like it's always raining everyone's super depressed yeah it's grungy it's grungy does anybody it's dirty. smile in this movie I, except I, except for Colin Farrell. Okay, I take it back. Colin Farrell was funny. Colin Farrell was hilarious. John Turturro. John Turturro was funny too. But not like a ha ha ha, that was a joke kind of funny. Just like these guys are just funny people. There's John Turturro is, 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 is uh, I always forget his name. That's the guy who played um, Falcone, uh, right? Falcone, yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, everyone in this movie has amazing mustaches. Like That's true. That's got to be funny. Am I reading this <laughs> the wrong way? Are these things not supposed to be funny? No, that's supposed to be funny. Nirvana <laughs> mustaches, like that's funny to me. Um, is this is uh, Mr. Banana Man or is, there's, a, there's a six there's a six foot four man in a bat suit standing around standing in the middle of eighty cops. <laughs> that's pretty. That's yeah, pretty yeah. funny. Uh, or like, I okay, got, now I got you uh, on assaulting an opportunity. You got me on three. But here, yeah, that that is inherently, I think, the issue with films like these is like it doesn't You're matter. You're naked, how and there's eighty of us. When you when you think about like really what's going on, it's ridiculous. It's just like oh, like four tractor trailers flipped over in that chase scene, and there were explosions and shit, and no one was like, who caused this? Was this? The <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I think that's the. Is that the joke? I think that's the joke in this movie is that it's kind of making, I don't know if this is intentional, but it kind of feels like it's making fun of the dark Knight for like trying to take itself too seriously and like be too realistic when at the end of the day, it's about a crazy guy who dresses up like a bat and, and punches people in the face at nightclubs. Like that is weird. That should, that should never be taken as seriously as it possibly can be. There always has to be a degree of, of like poking fun at a situation like that because of how ridiculous it is. It can't be all the way serious ever. Yeah, That's true. Which is why you cast someone like John Turturro as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And wh that's why you have Colin Farrell do like, in, like a, a silly over the top gangster accent. Take it easy, honey. Like, hey, take, yeah. take it easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the the gangsters the Totoro, like the Falcone and the Maroni and the Jabroni that like they all, <laughs> they all they I think going back to like not having context too about like the the world 
I was with someone who like did not know much about Batman outside of like, you know, casually seeing the Nolan trilogy. Um, and they were like very lost midway through the movie. Kind of when they start going down the line of the the Waynes and the Arkhams and the Falcones and the Moronis and the this and the that. Like, and I understand why they'd be lost. (laughs) I understand why they'd be lost. They kind of blow through a lot of names and like a lot of, uh, a lot of plot that happened off screen 25 years for the movie, the movie's plot. Um, like pretty quickly. Don't they? Yeah. We also explain it, but like they're jumping around talking about a lot of characters and families that you don't even see. Um, and I think if you don't have like the context of who they are, like I think it, it think for people it, it could be pretty confusing. I, guess I, think it, I was just gonna say I think it makes sense. It makes sense within the movie. I think what the problem is is that I hate that it always comes back to this, but I think Marvel has warped our brains into how we're supposed to understand movies. Like within the context of the Batman, we're given all of the information that we need to understand the Batman. Like we don't need a prequel show about about Martha Arkham and like, like what, everything that happened with her family. Oh, like, we don't I need it. it. You don't need it. I the, need the new sitcom on TBS, <laughs> the Arkhams. <laughs> this family will drive you nuts. <laughs> but like, I think that Marvel has like literally warped our brains into us understanding how we're supposed to read these movies and what information is actually vital to connecting to a film. And I think that this movie has everything that it needs to have in order for it to work as a movie. I don't, and at the end of the day, it's a movie. So it's cool if it's just a movie. I don't think we need to know about Maroney. He's another gangster in the city. That's it. We know about Falcone. We know about the Waynes and the Arkhams. We learn about in the tape that he makes. Oh, they're, they run an asylum. That's it. I don't, yeah. I don't really see how any of that isn't contextualized in the movie. Although I do have a question. He, when he's like on his back and can't get up and Selena's about to be stabbed and he injects himself with green goo, is that Lazarus serum? That's flubber. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you been sitting on that joke since no, you last year? No, when he said green goo, I, I might... That was like a little bit of a psycho uh, analysis exercise where he said green goo and my brain immediately went flutter, flutter. <laughs> that, was like, a good, that was a good joke. Yeah, that was, is, is that though? That's what I thought. Uh, I don't know, but that actually, I actually didn't make that connection, but that would be really interesting, especially because Hush does have a lot to do with the Lazarus pits. Who's Lazarus sauce? It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's how Ra's al attains his immortality. Ra's al is immortal? See, there I didn't know many, there are many forms of immortality. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know about all this Batman yeah. stuff, and I still enjoyed the movie. Didn't you read I'm Hush? I'm a, I'm a dumb dumb. I did read Hush. Here's I just thought it was cool when like all the characters showed up, like that, Batman and like the Joker. I was like, yeah, I know those guys. If that was supposed to be Lazarus juice that he injects himself with, that I think is ridiculous and out of place, and there's no way anyone would know that, even having knowing I, the Lazarus bits myself. I assumed it was some kind of like epinephrine or some bullshit yeah i thought it, he just did a little uh i thought it was called fiction cocaine oh maybe liquid cocaine it was, green. It was here's the thing it was very specifically intentionally very green 
Is and cocaine not green? It could be. The Lazarus pits are green. That's why I was like, mm, what is this magic thing he's injecting himself with that makes him crazy or whatever? So yeah, I think I'm, that's yeah, I'm curious. Point. Are you researching? I'm, I'm, always, I'm always number crunching. Get intern Dan on it. You shopping again, dude? <laughs> yeah. I'll say I'll, I'll buy, I'll, I got to check out. Have you read <laughs> Batman Year One as well? I haven't read it since like the like mid two thousands, so I pretty much don't remember it at all. Okay, um, that's why I, that's why I want, that's why I want to order it again right now. But I like I I love the Frank Miller stuff so much. I don't know if you guys read The Dark Knight Returns, where no, it's like he it basically Year One is Frank Miller's like Year One Batman story. Dark Knight Returns is like Batman at sixty five coming out of retirement, um, and when I think about the dark Knight returns and like how dark and gritty and how like kind of self-serious, but also like sin city jokingly funny, it can be um, like Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of that in this movie, like a lot. Um, and like, I, I, I kind of hope uh, Matt Reeves keeps taking from the Miller verse because I think it's yeah. uh, he's doing a really good job with it. I think that that's a fair point. I think that he, he like, he understands the, f- like the Frank Miller Batman stuff, like he understands the tone in a way that it hasn't actually been translated to screen, right? Before, like the, only, City the movie is not the t- like the the tone. Yeah, this is this is um yeah, this is an interesting exercise in just like understanding a specific sort of like style of comic books tone and translating that to too big screen yeah and it's, no, cool it's, it's really cool like yeah i agree um what did you guys think about colin farrell let's just talk performances i feel like we haven't really talked about a lot of them. sure you guys are cool with that I'm are we gonna, gonna touch on all performances or just colin farrell and keep bouncing let's around go, people let's go with all, let's go with all of them and then we'll start with colin farrell and then we'll bounce around a little bit so I, I thought Farrell was awesome. I actually, I'm actually, I know we, I know the, I'm in mixed company here. I, I, I think you guys kind of hate the commercialization and the, the, the spinoffs and the prequels and the sequels and the threequels. But <laughs> I am, I actually think his show could be great. He is really great in the, in the character. Um, and I think if like the, the way the, 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 the show sounds like it's going to be like a underworld kind of power play show maybe we'll get like a colin farrell sopranos as as penguin <laughs> only if Polly walnuts uh makes an appearance i also hope the only the only way that i would like the show is if it starts off and colin farrell is just like normal looking colin farrell and then slowly over like two <laughs> or three seasons he turns into the version of of penguin that we that's see the that's the better call saul prequel that we yeah. in, seven, in seven years. Better call Oz. <laughs> I I thought he was underutilized. He was under. I, I agree. Yeah, but it did always. It felt going in. It felt like he was just going to be. He's a setup character. A setup character, like sort of just like a pawn in the larger scheme. Um, yeah, it was like I prepared myself for it. I was like, this guy is not going to be in as much of the movie as he should be. But you know, what are you going to do about it? And I think uh, I think a lot of like what I said earlier about like how much I appreciate Batman Begins and all that stuff. Like, um, I, I think that what Matt Reeves does with the next two movies, like, could recontextualize this movie for me 
entirely. Is he making um, a trilogy? You keep saying you keep. Yeah, he's, they already greenlit two more. Oh, word. Yeah, no, it's like it's happening. That's okay. Cool. What are yeah. they going to call the next one? The Dark Knight. <laughs> no, probably, probably two bat, two man. Two bats, one man. Or what well, yeah. you're saying off air? Batman Wayne's World. Tokyo Bat. <laughs> um, I agree. I think Farrell was great. I wanted more of him. Yeah, yeah, he was great. But but I don't know. It could also be one of those things where it's like maybe we got more. It would be like too much. He felt at the same time he did feel peppered in nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about Tuturo? Tuturo? How do you pronounce it? Like? He was he was okay. I I thought he was just like him. You know, what I mean, I didn't hate him. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think he was like outstanding he was great but like it, you know it, i thought it he was, was used a bit better yeah. yeah here's here's the thing i don't think i don't think that there's any performance in this film that's amazing i think they're all just really solid across the board i thought jeffrey wright was really really good i thought gordon actually might have been like he might have been my favorite I thought Jeffrey Wright was really good as as Gordon. I thought Pattinson was really good. Pattinson was my favorite. Pattinson was great, but but he spent so much time in the suit. You know what I mean? But he was good as Batman. It's all in the yeah, eyes. That's true. It's it all, is in, all the in the eyes. That's true. Yeah. Pattinson was great. I, I I love him. I was very um, surprised. He he's my favorite uh, Batman. Wow! Really? Yeah. Are we, my, are we ranking Batman's now? Or? Oh, we can. I'm just saying he's. I that's how good I thought he was. This was the first time I ever cared about the protagonist in a Batman movie. All right, hold that thought. Okay. So we got we got Gordon, we got <laughs> the gangsters, dude. We've gotten an hour. We haven't talked about Zoe Kravitz. She's uh-huh. fantastic, and in it's one of the We're just talking about the men. She's fantastic in this. She is fantastic. Okay. We've done our part. <laughs> I'm trying to think. She was catastic. Indeed. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think actually if I liked her more than Jeffrey Wright or not. I got to see the movie again. She was really it was great. Weird, it was a weird character. I didn't fully understand it. Can can you guys like explain her role within the movie to me? Uh, sure. Well, okay. For, first of all, this has never been done before where Selena Kyle is the daughter of Carmine Falcone, right? Like this was created for the film. Uh, I was I was looking it up and it, it wasn't created for the film, but it's like it's something that they've like dabbled on in the comics, but like it she's never like confirmed it in the comic either. Interesting. Um, and it seems like it was maybe like something that was like mentioned briefly, and then kind of like thrown around like the wayside and just kind of like danced around. Interesting. Uh, Which right. I, I thought was okay. Yeah. Raph, your question is. What is her usage in the film? Like, like all of it. Uh, like, what is her? Like, what is her arc? What is her? I think she's. What's her significance within this story? I like, think in terms. I feel like I get it, but I don't fully get it. In terms of the greater picture of the film, her her character contributes the puzzle piece of she's she's Bruce's last connection to humanity. <laughs> okay. He he doesn't. I mean, I guess he cares about Alfred, but I feel like he's so detached from people and he immediately has a connection with her. 
I, I, human connection. Yes. And it's not just like he thinks that she's pretty. Yeah. I guess there is a sense of like he, he wants to like protect her. He he wants that catnip baby. Let me tell you, but that's, uh, you know, Oh, we were talking about two different things. Oh, I said he wants to protect her. Like, Oh yeah. He wants to protect her. But he also and, and, and that catnip. Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, I I have a note that I, I wrote. What? Nothing. Nothing. We're being idiots. I have a note that I wrote that I wrote that. Uh, I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> Take your time, sweetheart. I wrote that Selena and Bruce have like a historically weird relationship, but I thought that in this movie it actually felt a little rushed like they're kind of like romantic parts i kind of i think it would have been better of a build-up and something we saw in like two or three or whatever um <laughs> You're saying <that's> trilogy. yeah <laughs> big trilogy guy over here but selena is like such a standalone character and she's like she really does a lot of times she is like she kept saying in the movie like i can take care of myself and she and she's such a standalone character that she really does do that a lot like she is very much her own character and i thought like a lot of her her character in this kind of like relied on bruce i, I guess though she did save him in the end as well i guess they kind of kept saving each other oh but like <laughs> I don't know. I thought like I would have been cooler to see her be a little bit more standalone, like a little bit more independent in a full movie, and then kind of have them have more some more sexual build up go on until later. So she she needs her own standalone film as well. Oh, I would it love. A, I would love. I would love a, a Selena Kyle standalone. Yeah. No. Not, I don't want a miniseries. I want to. Okay. It's I don't want a miniseries if it's a prequel to the sequel uh, next year. So uh, and, it, and and it runs parallel to the Penguin series, uh, <laughs> and they both have cameos at the end of yeah, our well, exactly. Series. And then Nick Fury asks if she wants to join <laughs> forces with uh, I don't fucking know what face or something. False, <laughs> but no, I I would love her to have her own series. I I actually I I, I think she uh, deserves a movie. I do think she deserves a movie For while sure. she's doing this role. I, I agree. I think Zoe Kravitz is great in the role. I think aside from being Bruce's last connection to humanity, I think that in addition to that, what she is is a reflection of him in a lot of ways, which is why he stops her doing what he probably wishes he could himself. And that's killing the man responsible for losing the people that they cared about the yeah. most, you know? I appreciate you guys explaining this to me. Of course. Because it did feel like she was a weird inclusion in like how she was it used. It was a little weird. But I also like kind of like to what you were saying, like their relationship is is like historically kind of weird. So I wasn't sure if that yeah. was an intentional thing or if I was just like a dumbass and like missing something. I, it kind of felt like it kind of felt a little mix of the both. Like I, I, I think it, like historically they are weird, so I think it, it went it went that way a little bit. What'd you say? Did, did you just call me a dumbass? No. You said it was a mix of both. It was a little bit weird, and you're a little bit of a dumbass. Yeah. Was it weird or am I a dumbass? Well, that's a little bit of both. <laughs> well, if I did, I'm sorry. I actually don't remember saying that. But uh, we have it on tape. Yeah, we'll play it back later. Do the right. replay. Um, 
it, it is weird. It's a mix of both. You're not a dumbass. Oh, um, but oh. I think like I couldn't tell if uh, like the inclusion of her and like Zoe Kravitz was something that like Matt Reeves didn't really know how to like fit in fully, or if he was like trying to make it weird. I just couldn't fully tell, but I did think she was fantastic. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see more. I'm I'm ebbing on the side of that this movie will get better every time you watch it. Yeah, I think I a lot of it again. will feel intentional the more that we watch it. Like it will probably we'll probably pick up on things um, that make it that make the relationship intentionally weird that make her um, her her role in like in the greater story feel intentionally sort of uncomfortable. Um, I, I just I I couldn't pick up on it from from just one viewing, so yeah, you know, it, it lends so itself to, to rewatch. I, I, I know we, we're this is doing something different. I get that, but I think uh, I I thought after the movie that I I liked uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman more. Whoa! And it just it just clicked for me why, and it's because in when she's Catwoman, she's why? more of a standalone Catwoman. Oh, she has way more of a standalone arc like i don't know i thought she was more of her own character it's not because because she has brown hair <laughs> <laughs> i love burnettes um yeah. i i disagree i think that this selena kyle has way more going on with her relationship to the actual antagonist and what happened to her mother than Anne Hathaway does with the moral conundrum of being a good guy or a bad guy. But like yeah, she had, she had more of her own arc. She's kind of flat though. Her character. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Her, her character arc felt more flat and less robust than, that's Zoe Kravitz is an, an, an arc is tip it is typically somewhat supple, you know. It's like the shape of an arc. Mm. Right? We're just going fully into movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I maybe it was a mix of like her having more. I thought I I also have to watch that movie again, but maybe it's a mix of Anne Hathaway like feeling like she had more to do, and also I think Anne Hathaway might just be a better actress. That may be true in the grand scheme of things, but in terms of, I think, the demand for the character in this, I thought that Zoe was a better fit for this style of Catwoman. It, it makes more for sense. this style of Catwoman, of sure. I guess the context of the film that she's in. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a really different Batman the, story. One is good and one is The Dark Knight Rises. I think I would have loved to have seen more scenes like... Uh, like when she was trying to steal out of the safe of Falcone, like they had a similar scene with Hathaway where she's like more smooth and sly. And I think that's what I associate more with Selena Kyle. So I guess I have to really just kind of adjust my brain with like, this is just a different take of Selena Kyle. Well, um, also think about what we were talking about before and like the clunkiness of the movie. And like, yeah, like everyone, sure. everyone in this movie is sort of, is sort of clunky. Like no one is a mastermind. No one is is three steps ahead of the other person. No one is, um, is totally like firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Selena in her own right is, is also sort of clunky and she like stumbles over her feet and she's not going to yeah. always be super smooth. Like they're all, 
it, it, it brings a human element to it, right? Like we're all yeah. flawed as, as humans and these characters are all, sorry for the voice crack, these characters are all human and have flaws. I'm going through puberty at 30. <laughs> I, I, just, I think the, the, the real highlight of the film for me, aside from it's, you know, it's obviously dripping with style and it's shot so damn well. It's also uh, dripping with the rain. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I lo- I, that's me personally. I love rain in movies, dude. That's, that's it. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, just that's the awesome. way, uh, just how interconnected all of these characters are, and like, I think it is a a, a masterclass in characters having a usage to further the plot. Like the penguin, for example, he's in truthfully maybe only like 10 minutes of the movie, but his scenes are are all important and they all Mm -hmm. contribute to what's going on and then lead into what comes next. The same with uh, Maroney, the the same with Selena, not so much with Alfred, uh, but everyone else, I think pretty much for the most part, I think the web of how it all interrupts, huh? You said web. Is it no way home? <laughs> no way home. Oh my god! Yeah, three uh, Batman go swinging in front of the moon. That wait for the Flash movie. It's gonna yeah. It'll be we're Ma- vengeance. Ma- Michael Keaton, Ben oh Affleck. And, uh, we're vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Dude. Back to your point of, of uh, like balance with the characters, though, because it. it this movie does at times feel like it's a, like it could be bloated and there's too much going on and there are too many characters and you're almost like, well, maybe if they split it into two movies and like give a little bit more focus to individual characters, give them each, you know, another scene or so. But I don't know. I don't know where I like ultimately land on that notion. Like, I think it's fine as is and everyone serves their purpose appropriately I, I- with the exception of one yeah, I felt like I thought that everyone was pretty well fleshed out and had their beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. except for Alfred. Um, I think in terms of the bloatedness that comes from the third act of the plot being way too overwritten, it's like I said to you both before we recorded, this movie has two third acts. It has the the, the third act with Falcone dying and then catching the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And then it has another third act with the entirety of Gotham being flooded. <clears throat> yeah. That, um, that though, I, I, I liked that because that part happens like in some of the best Batman stories, like that happens where it's like, we caught the guy, but like, what's really about sure. to go down. Sure. Um, and I thought that what was like a, a big nod to that. I thought it was really cool. Sure. I just, I go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say the movie, it's not about catching the Riddler, which is why there needs to be that other third act. Sure. Because if this, and I think a lesser Batman movie or a lesser director, I think would have just ended it with, we caught the Riddler. Right. Falcone's dead. And like, that's it. And like Batman saved the day, but this movie like literally takes the extra step to give us, it has a fourth act to give us that fourth act that 
not even really an epilogue, but like to give us that true sort of conclusion of what's happening with the Batman Bruce Wayne character. Sure. Because that's what the movie's I, really okay. about. I can I can forgive that. Uh, let's talk about the oh, elephant. Thank God. <laughs> let's talk oh. about the elephant in the cell, so to speak. We haven't oh, the, even talked about the, the dino in the cell. The first elephant. Oh, the, in the first elephant. Yeah, let's talk about the green bean in the cell. The fuck are we talking about? Which one? Uh, we're just talking about Dano, the one who's actually in the movie and has a purpose. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I thought he was good. I thought he could have been. I thought I expected a lot more. Um, I like. I guess going in, like knowing who da- Paul Dano is, and like you know, he's kind of got like a wimpy demeanor, and like <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like a dumbass. Um, Di- diary of a Paul Dano kid. I thought like he could like I, I was kind of expecting him to like take that and like twist it into like real like sinister and like kind of like menacing and psychotic and I, I was sitting in the theater and when he was kind of like standing in his cell screaming at the walls or at Batman I just kind of I honestly thought it was like kind of like it kind of fell flat on me I thought it was a little little cringy it was kind of like a baby man screaming around a room. I, I agree. I thought when he was unmasked as, you know, we actually saw his face. I was expecting like, I was expecting, I love Paul Dano performances. I think he usually gives really strong ones to me. It, like when he was in the cell and Arkham and stuff, it kind of felt like he was like phoning it in a little bit. Like he didn't feel fully committed, which is like, okay, like secure the bag, Paul Dano, like do you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give us a, not a half-assed performance, but not like, an amazing, you know, villain performance in a comic book movie, which is it, but he was good for the most part. He was good. And it, it worked within the context of the movie. Again, like he, no one go for it. No, finish. I feel like, no, 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 no. I, I have nothing else to say. Uh, I loved him. He was my second favorite part of the film to Battinson. Uh, I, I think yeah, that, yes. I think that that was the whole point and that's what leads into watching his video where all his other what what the fuck are they even the oh, uh, when he's like thank you so much for 500 followers yes like, like that's subscribe. That anytime we've seen him has been with his mask on through this lens of his videos that he's crafted when the real person is this wimpy cringy sort of man child who has this weird delusion that he and Batman are working together. And that's why when that facade is broken and he finally is face-to-face with Batman, he turns into a hysterical child because that's always what he has been. I guess also maybe it's intentional that he's sort of underwhelming because it's not the real, like we were saying, it's not the real point of the movie. It's not a, he also, it's not a real, it's not a Batman Riddler movie. Like he, He's meaningless at the end of the day. And he's not a mastermind. He had 300 other people help him figure out these traps and make all these plans, which I think is a, is a very intentional point. Like, he's smart, sure, but he, he all these people, like, told him what to do and how to do it as well. I think the 500 followers is also, like, a joke about how insignificant he is right. within the context right. of the movie. Like, oh, dude, he only had 500 followers. That's nothing. I have more than that. Like, yeah, that's the point. He's not 
He's not actually important to what's going on. And here. his new best friend in Arkham even says, oh, you did so good <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, boy. I guess it's a little tough because I, I, I know we're saying it's not about the Riddler, but like the movie is very much so framed up as like, this is the antagonist of the movie. And when we finally see him, I understand what you're saying. I just didn't think it really stuck. I didn't really think that really stu- uh, really landed for me. Like, oh, he's just a pathetic little thing. I just kind of took it as like ref. So like, it just kind of felt like he was kind of like phoning it in. I thought he was trying his best to like be that and it just like really wasn't hitting but what do i know it's weird because all these characters are this isn't a movie that's like um like a movable object versus unstoppable force it's all of these different sort of puzzle pieces that need to fit together to get us to our end goal so if Paul Dano did give a powerhouse performance and it was really like Batman and Riddler, mano y mano, <laughs> then that would kind of take away and like water down the actual point of the movie in a way. Like it needs to be all of these sort of uh, like everyone sort of needs to be like on the periphery and Batman and Bruce Wayne. And that needs to be the actual focus. So like, it makes sense that these other performances aren't like super stellar, but just, just strong enough so that they could prop up Batman. Sure. If I'll that makes it. sense. I, I don't know. We're, I'm workshopping takes yeah, here. That's fine. <laughs> um, there, I, there is one inclusion in this film, uh, that I think is beyond out of place and shouldn't have been there. And even if you could convince me that it should have been there, I think that it was poorly executed. Uh, I yeah. think you both know what I'm referring to. Uh, it is, of course, the inclusion of another Joker character played by another actor. Mm-hmm. Our fourth Joker. Another in, white man. In, indeed. In the, in the span of 13 years or 14 years or whatever, 13 years, I guess, this is our fourth Joker. Where's my, uh, where's my Hispanic mass serial murderer? <laughs> Yeah, where's my Latina Joker? Um, If it it was integral to the plot, fine. It's not. It's like, wink, wink, look who is here and look who will be the antagonist in the sequel. It's like, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't really even know. I feel like we're all on the same page because that that cameo was just like pretty bad. It it honestly, it felt like... um, (laughs) It's like I feel like there's no other way to put it. It was just bad. Like it, it was, it was, it was not good. Like the, it, it, it almost felt like this. I'm surprised that Matt Reeves like made this whole movie and then was like, yeah, we're gonna put this in. It felt. It, it almost felt like it was a studio decision to like yeah. you have to include this character. Um. So he did his best to do it because cameos. I mean. Right, like cameos and spoilers. Spoilers more so drive ticket revenue. Like there has to be, there has to be like some sort of algorithm that's being worked out by studio heads about people going on the internet and saying that they're not going to spoiler a movie. That then will like trigger people who they interact with online. 
to think, oh, there's something spoiler worthy in this movie. Therefore, I should go see it so I don't have the movie ruined. So the inclusion of this character is really just like a cheap way to drive ticket sales. And again, like that feels like a studio thing. Like there's no, there's no reason for that Joker character to exist within this movie for any reason. It makes no sense. Like where it's placed makes no sense. Uh, It may as well be an after credit scene. Like it's inclusion. The actual performance by that actor is bad. Yucky. (laughs) (laughs) I would have, I would have preferred Joaquin. That's the perfect way. It's Uh, it's yucky. And like, we got like a new third Joker laugh and that was like, beyond, beyond underwhelming across the board. It does not. Uh, The whole point was to instill excitement. Look, he's back in this new movie that is pretty darn good, and it's your favorite antagonist. And here's your first look at him, and there's nothing exciting about it. No, there's nothing exciting about it. it, Yeah, it's meant to beyond just it's meant to to get people to go see this movie now in real time to drive box office numbers. It's also meant to like get us back for the for Batman too because we gotta see what his take on the Joker is going to be because everyone who does Joker does the acting part so good. And it's, you know, like within this Batman world that Matt Reeves is creating and has created in the Batman. Like, I don't know if there is a version of the Joker that works within this particular vision of the Batman story. he, He fucked it up for everyone, man. He, he was the closest to a realistic Joker in terms of a realistic take on Batman that we're going to get. And so anything that's a good variation of that is just going to seem like a ripoff of him. But we don't yeah. need that. We could do like like Jack Nicholson played Joker and he did a cartoonish version that was really cool. And like if you want to do that, you, you can do that if it makes sense within the context of the Batman movie that you're making. But I just don't know if there is a version of that character that lends itself to this version of Batman. So, like, well, why even try it? When you we'll can see, it, it, it's uh, we were talking a little bit about how, like, he they clearly did like a very comic book accurate look. He had like a long prosthetic yeah. chin, like the long sl- uh, oh. nose. What, what do you call that? Like s- sloped nose. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> that. I need the NC-17 Joker. <laughs> oh, no, dude. Oh. Hell yeah. No, but like, <laughs> there's some reason that, that that like really put me off. But like, I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of, while you're saying all that, like, I'm kind of sitting here wondering, like, are they going to do like a really, really cartoony Joker at some point in this where it's almost to the point of like, joker in the batman animated series you know what i mean like like how much of a joke are they gonna make this character like maybe matt reeves is just like we're just gonna make this character a fucking joke you know what i mean because it's like what else can we do with it that i mean yeah. to, to be fair that could be an interesting take that he's so over the top and like ridiculous and cartoonish and that's where the sort of creepiness of the horrible things he's doing works because of that perspective. I guess 
Yeah, if you literally just pull the Mark Hamill voiced animated yeah, version right. and put it in live action, what does that look like? Maybe right. it does work. We don't know. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah. There might be there might be the vibe that it's going for. And it like I know I've been the one who's been making the argument that this movie isn't as it's not all the way serious and it is a little bit silly. But I, I'm just wondering if like a cartoonish Joker how much that tips the silly serious scale. And I do think that it is a a balance um tonally in terms of what you want to go for. And if you tip too far in one direction, then it sort of loses its appeal. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest that's my biggest concern. I was saying I did I did text this to to bananas. Um dude the three of us text a lot. That's pretty sure sick. we do. It's pretty sick. Um but I was saying that there could maybe be a world where the Joker is not the main villain in a future Matt Reeves Batman movie, and he's only used sparingly like he is in this movie. But I, I just don't know if like the blowback from general audiences would be like, why would you include the Joker and not make him the main villain? But it like it, it could be an interesting way to sort of include the character going forward without like us feeling tired of another Joker in another movie. It's, it's tough. And I think when we were texting about that, I said to you, it's like, it's like an unwin. He's like, it's almost like an unwinnable position because it's like, you really can't not have the Joker in the Batman ethos, right? Like, um, he, Joel Schumacher did. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but he had Mr. Freeze, so uh, can you yeah, beat that? King shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, when you're telling a good Batman story, the ethos always wraps with those two going head to head. Um, and it always kind of, they always are able, a really good Batman story always finds a way to like show how they're like the yin and the yang of each other, like the total opposites, but they like weirdly need each other and like how they (laughs) kind of represent different things, but like live in each other's headspace. And I think like not having him is it's unwinnable because if you don't have him as a main character, it's like, you're kind of going against a cardinal sin of telling a Batman ethos if you're if you do have him, then you run a massive risk of just telling a wor- just having a worse version of Heath, and that's all anyone will is, ever see. Is there any other character in pop culture that's so heavily uh, held up against the previous performance of that character than the Joker is? Well, no, because we don't do this with other characters. <laughs> like we don't. I guess that's we but, don't run them into the ground where there's 15 different. I mean, I guess for like except for like Shakespeare. I guess, that's, but that's I don't want to true. compare the Joker to, to Hamlet. <laughs> that's that's true. Show me uh, a better Romeo and Juliet than Leonardo, dude. Dude, I would like to see Leonardo's Joker. Everyone should just have a Joker <laughs> version. Like it should be a require. It should be a screen test for every new actor's audition. But like no, Screw no it. one. When Anne Hathaway did Catwoman, did no Joker. one. No one would. Yeah, when she fucked Joker, oh no one. <laughs> no one was like. Is she? <laughs> is she? Oh, how's she gonna measure up to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? 
Catwoman movie. All right, and, dude. But with Zoe Kravitz, I was like, oh, how's she going to measure up to Anne Hathaway's Catwoman? Like, we have seen a lot of cat ladies. Yeah, we have. Yeah. No one was like, how's Paul Dano going to live up to Jim, Jim Carrey? Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, stop me. Can we get a multiversal Riddler movie? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Jim Carrey's Riddler would kick Paul Dano's Riddler's ass. That's true. For sure. Yeah, because he'd put the mask on, and then he'd be unkillable. <laughs> that Riddler was almost like cartoon Joker. It's fucking weird. Indeed. But yeah, the Joker uh, dilemma, it, it's just... We need to we need to get away from the Dark Knight of it all, and like <laughs> I mean that in regard like in regards to the Joker and to like Batman movies, um, like the whole to me the whole comparison of like okay well like did you like the Batman but did you like it more than the Dark Knight? It's just like we're making they made two different movies, and I understand that the Dark Knight is. It, like it is what it is and it's spectacular for all the reasons that it's spectacular but like not every batman movie not every superhero movie needs to be the dark yeah. knight like the batman can just be awesome as the batman i'm gonna, and we should let allow it to be that i'm gonna go right out and say it heath ledger's performance as the joker is better than matt reeves as the batman Matt Reeves' The Batman is a better film than Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight. I don't think so. <laughs> the, Dark, the Dark Knight's a better movie. Um, I just think it is. <laughs> it's a better movie. I just think it is. <laughs> That's fine. That's I a just, I've ever heard one. Who, mine or rocks? Yours, oh, mine. Yours. I just think it is. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like I, I personally just think The Dark Knight is a better movie. Um, but, but like, I think this movie is better than Batman Beyond or Batman Begins. This, I would say that The Dark Knight and this are the two best Batman movies. Yeah, I would, I would say that. I still stand by Batman and Robin. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. What yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's definitely not the best, but like, you gotta appreciate it for what it is. What is it? It's just like silly camp. It is true. It's silly and camp. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I need to rewatch The Dark Knight. I've been putting it off for a while because I've tried to like. I've tried to carve out this lane of hot takery where I say that the Dark Knight is bad, um, but I don't know if I fully believe myself. I don't think has that, be, has that been your take forever. It, it, I'm I'm trying I'm like workshopping it for multiple years, I, but I don't think I fully believe myself, and I haven't seen it in like five years, mm. um, and I'm worried if I rewatch it, I'll really like it. Uh, <laughs> but there's also a chance if I rewatch it, I'll think it's trash. Um, but I feel like if I rewatch this, the Batman. I real I will really dig it. I feel like this yeah. movie. I feel like this movie will end up being super rewatchable, despite its runtime. As I said before, I think it will get better and better upon subsequent viewings. I think that any negatives I feel towards it now, which are very minimal, I will not care about yeah. upon multiple viewings. Um. 
it is exactly what I wanted in terms of a character study of Bruce Wayne. It's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. This feels like more of a movie than The Dark Knight. Like, what is The Dark Knight as a movie besides one awesome performance? It's That's it's hard. more of a it's more of a middle ground of like big comic book movie and and this. It's caught in the middle of those two. I just like I need to rewatch it, but I just I don't know like what 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 is the point of Ledger, The Dark Knight besides Ledger? I I think I think it's a very 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 good movie. I think Ledger is what makes it great. I I really like. Christian Bale's Bruce and Batman a lot. Besides, you know I, like, uh, besides, like, I think some of the innocuous Playboy shit is just kind of like stuffed in there because everyone's like, "That's who Bruce Wayne is." Uh, I really like Batman. I really like Christian Bale's Bruce. I do like. I I remember what I liked about the movie. <laughs> do I have to say it? If you want, I don't care. I like Bale's Batman. I don't like Bale's Wayne. Where is she? It's like uh, <laughs> Batman. Bale's Wayne to me really thrives and grows in most of his interactions with Alfred. And I oh, thought, like, pets. I actually I kind of disagree with like the whole character study thing of Bruce in this one. I don't think like besides like us seeing him evolve minutely through like some of the interactions with the other orphan and stuff, like. What did really? What did we really get that grew Bruce or like made us understand Bruce? His, his whole, his whole opinion and perspective towards what he's doing with his whole life and his his connections or lack of connections with people. His 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 purpose. His uh, his outlook on what it is he's trying to do, why he's doing it, and what it means to the people around him. As a and result that, of him doing it, like you said initially, it's a selfish thing at first, and then he realizes what good is what good am I really doing if I'm doing it for me? Yeah, kind of thing. That's why, and that's kind of why I don't think their Bruce's are even that far apart. No, no, I totally get it. I, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I cut you off. <laughs> I got a lot of that from Christian Bale when whenever he's talking as Bruce, I, I got a lot of that. Um, and I. It's not as extreme. I think this this version takes Bruce to like the extreme starting point of depressed emo. Yeah, he's, like, he's a young dude. He's like he's like twenty four in this. And think about who you are at twenty four. Like you're right. still not fully. You're still, you're still a kid. You're still a kid. You're not. You're not fully developed emotionally. And I think that this is a movie about a man who. Um, who needs to like mature? He needs to do some emotional maturing more so than like I need to learn how to how to fight better and like I need my gadgets to be better. No, like he needs to learn. He needs to learn how to heal. Right? He thinks that he's healing by beating up criminals on the Q train at night, but at the end of the day, like he goes home and he takes off the mask, and you can see it in his eyes. He's still the same depressed kid that he was. 10 years ago, you know, after his parents got murdered, he's not doing anything. It's just like, it's like, um, I mean, it's like a deeper conversation of just like a, about how we actually heal from our past trauma. Like we can do things 
that will give us momentary distractions um, from like what is eating us up inside. But at the end of the day, like if we're not doing, if you're not doing that work, like deep down, then nothing's going to change. And that's kind of what is happening with this version of Bruce Wayne. And you need to, you need to break him down to like that ultimate starting point in order to, to do the building that, you know, Matt Reeves wants to do with this version of him. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, I think when I do, when I think about this movie, like I said, it almost feels like Bruce and Gotham, like are like, they're like one entity or like, he's like, he's like almost like the heart of Gotham, which is where I think you get a lot of what you were just saying from this Bruce and this Batman. And I think a lot more of it comes from the Nolan Bruce Batman through like more written dialogue, at least uh, this movie versus that movie. Um, yeah. Well, the problem with the, with the Nolan one is that Nolan doesn't understand human emotions um, <laughs> where Matt Reeves like seems to, to understand a, a bit more. Some of the some of the dialogue written between Bruce and Alfred in the Nolan stuff is really really good, like really really good character uh, development between the two of them. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so when it for me, I guess like overall, I think Rock we started we started this because you were kind of giving like your general like take on the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think like for me, I could see myself liking it more with the subsequent ones that we're going to get. Um, I also want to see it again. Cause I agree. I think it's going to be a movie where each time you see it, you, you like it more. Um, and it's already like, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it like definitely has flaws. I think it suffered from not leaning like fully into like it's grit or, or darkness, but, um, I'm excited to see. I trust Matt Reeves a lot with like what he's doing with the, this character. Um, I personally would like a little bit more, a little bit more. I don't know if it's like dialogue, but like a little bit more growth with with Bruce. I would like a little bit more Bruce. I think, but we'll see what he does. I I trust him, and I I like what he's doing with this a lot. Um, it's really cool. It's really unique. It's refreshing. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, very, I'm, I'm stoked to see where this goes. Banana, well said. Thank you. Very On a nice. scale of one to five, how would you rate it? How many bats? One, one to five? Yeah. Uh, like 3.5. Very nice. I usually, I was, I was, in my head, I was doing like a 7.5. So that's probably the equivalent, right? Yeah. 3.75, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael? Yo. How would you rate this film? What are your thoughts? Out of five bats. Out of five bats. How many bats would be flying? <laughs> um, okay. This might be kind of surprising, but in my heart, I want to say three and a half bats out of five. It might sound weird based on all the praise that I've been singing for it. Um, I do think with three watches, it could bump up to like a solid four. Um, if we're going out of 10, I think I'm in the same like, it's more like a seven and a half out of 10 than it is a three and a half out of five. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's a lot sillier. I think it's a lot cooler. I think it's a lot funnier than we, than we actually give it credit for. Um, and like, because of that, I think it's like, I think it's a smart movie 
I think it's doing something really interesting. Um, it's not just a Batman movie for the sake of a Batman movie. It's actually taking this character and exploring some interesting ideas with him. So I very, dug it. I very, dug it. Very well said. Um, aside from the couple of gripes I had with it that I've already mentioned, I think it's, I think it's too long. I think you can do with a few cuts. Uh, I, I hate the cameo inclusion. And I think that Alfred is underutilized. Aside from those three things, I love it. Low-key fuck Alfred. I love... <laughs> you want this to? This Alfred or in general? Mostly this Alfred. Yeah. Fair enough. This Alfred well, didn't uh, cheers a Fernet Branca at me, so I'm pissed. That's true. In the sequel, he will. The third sequel. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, I, I'm really... I know you mentioned the trilogy. I think at the end of the day, we could get like a, a mind-fuckingly good trilogy out of Matt Reeves. Uh, so I could see this being like an amazing starting piece. And I could see me, this being like, end up being like an eight and a half, nine for me. Um, if it gets recontextualized, but we'll see, we'll have to revisit this episode. Absolutely. When Matt Reeves puts, puts out uh, a fully collected trilogy set, we'll put out the trilogy set of these episodes Fantastic. on DVDs. I never actually said my number. I'm four out of five, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you no, off. That's okay. It doesn't matter. It's Alfred. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, really loved it. I loved We're it. all in the same boat, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's really great. Yeah. I'm stoked. I think that's the closest our that, scores have that, ever been. Yeah. That we've yeah. That's, that's well, cool, man. Yeah. What a, what a great chat. Great movie. Highly recommended that everyone go see it. Banana, who are you? Where can you be found? Uh, I'm No Banana Suits. You can find me on twitch.tv slash No Banana Suits playing video games. Right now, jumping into Elden Ring. Come play Elden Ring with me. Watch oh, me die yeah. a lot. <laughs> Pretty sick. Raph. Or twitter.com slash No Banana Suits. Follow there me. There you go. There you go. Raph, where can you be found on Twitch? What are you playing? Dude, I'm uh, I'm not on Twitch, but I actually started a game recently. Uh, Which one? Uh, I'm playing uh, Ghosts. Of Tsushima. Very nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and Rock cleared that out. I'm playing it on easy mode. Um, Hell yeah. Because I'm bad at video games. That's okay. So that's why I don't Twitch. It's a but beautiful maybe game. I would want to watch someone Twitch Wait. and be and be bad. Absolutely. At, at games. But the thing is, I'm not like hot. So like, I feel not like if I, was, attitude. if I was hot, like people would want to watch me play because they're just like, oh, look at that hot dude playing playing video games and being all sucky at him. But at Rapstit, all one word. R-A-S-T-I-T-T. <laughs> giving really, really bad movie takes. You can find me there. Michael, who the hell are you? Uh, I'm Michael, uh, but you can find me on Instagram at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Roco underscore. That's underscores in between all three words and at the end. R-U-O-C-C-O at the end as well. I couldn't have said that anymore. Can I play SPR's role and, and say, tell them yeah. about it? Yeah, who's you, SPR? You can see. Oh, sorry. Three cats in a trench coat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> three uh, cats in a banana suit. I haven't been posting too much about it, but occasionally you might see a pic or two of Barada. I haven't been my storying too much recently. Bring the Barada back, bro. Free the I Barada. Think, I think social media is dead. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because you have a girlfriend now. What? No, that's not true. I look at Instagram, but I don't no, post. No one even uses that shit, dude. <laughs> what? Instas? It social media. It's really weird. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, tell them about the show. And the show, we can be the show can be found on all these platforms that nobody uses, including Instagram and Twitter at Straight to DVD Pod. That's the number two, Straight to DVD Pod. And you can find the show proper wherever you get your podcasts. How about that? Another one for the books. That was a long ass episode. That was a long ass episode. You know what? I do want to say one thing, just a housekeeping note. Yes. Because we recorded this episode after um, another episode, but we referenced that we're going to be talking about Batman in that other episode, but this one's going to be released first. Sure. So just so you know, it's going to be weird if you listen to this and then you listen to, I don't know why I'm not saying the movie, and then you listen to West Side Story. It might sound kind of weird, but that's just because we recorded this after, but this one came out first. There you go. House kept. I don't think anyone cared about that. No, but it's okay. Bruce, Bruce, crazy Bruce. You were wrong about Joaquin Phoenix showing up. But the Joker showed up. I was half right. Thank, thank God, though, honestly. Yeah. All right, till the next superhero movie, gentlemen. Yep, No Way Home (laughs) 2. I have nothing for that.